Hi everyone and welcome to Masha and the Dogs.、Uh, I am Masha and we are here to talk about dogs.、Uh, and again, we have a super exciting episode. I have another awesome guest.、Um, and I'm actually super excited about this guest because she is my first out of province guest. She lives in a different part of Canada. Um, and she is a dog mom and a horse mom, and all sorts of other really cool things. So, without further ado, let's just jump right into this episode and welcome Sasha. Hi, Sasha. Hi, Masha. Thanks so much for having me. This is so exciting. <laughs> awesome. So,、um, do you want to start off by maybe telling us a little bit about yourself, like kind of, you know, just a, a general overview of who Sasha is? Yeah. Um, actually, it's funny. I'm originally from Ontario, Toronto.、Um, moved out to、uh, British Columbia six years ago.、Um, wow. Bought a home out here. I live on Vancouver Island. It's, it's super beautiful. We don't really get much of a winter, so、uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really quite nice.、Um, yeah, we bought a home here, my partner and I, about five years ago, and、uh, he actually had a dog at the time that we met. Um, and then、uh, shortly after moving、um, into our home, we thought, you know, she needs a friend. Yep.、Uh, so <laughs> yeah, we did,、uh, we did the SPCA route because、um, his schedule is pretty flexible. He works for himself, and I work in sales. So I'm able to kind of like make my own schedule a little bit. So、awesome. it's, it's pretty great.、Um, and that's how you know, you know, it's a, it's a good partner, right? Because if they have a dog already, that's like pretty. You know, when you meet somebody and they have a dog, it's like, okay, well, you can't be a bad person. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. And、um, I mean, we'll get into the dog stuff a little bit later. But yeah, she was an interesting she was an interesting case. But I just, I would feel so bad when I did leave for work and, you know, kind of she was by herself all day. And I thought, oh, she needs a buddy. So yeah, it was a pretty easy decision to make. I mean, I grew up、um, with a dog, family dog. And so I had some experience.、Um, Yeah. So I thought, you know, it was never, she was kind of the family dog. I thought, you know, I've never had sort of my own. So that was kind of exciting to get、right. our second dog. And、um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've been here for about five years and since then have collected four dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And a horse, right? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I have a horse as well. So holy moly, they certainly take up、uh, lots of time and resources. <laughs> But you know, we love them so much, and、uh, we're actually looking、um, at the moment at selling our house and moving to get some acreage. Cool. And property in BC. So, I mean, my dream, you know, is to one day have some acres and have my horse on the property、mm-hmm. and have just all the rescue dogs running around. Yeah.、Um, You know, my total my total dream. So amazing. Well,、yeah. it sounds like you're a very well rounded, not just dog person, but animal person in in general.、Um, so that's 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 exciting. And yeah, you definitely live in a very beautiful place. Like, I follow you on Instagram, and every time you post, I'm like, oh gosh, it's so beautiful.、Yeah. Oh, the hikes are just, I mean, world class. I mean, we're right, we're five minutes from the ocean, mountains. I mean, it's just. Endless opportunities to like, you know, 
hike into wilderness and, and bring the dogs and have, you know, no one else around and just go for miles and I mean, let them just go for a rip and they love it. So it's, it's so much fun. I, I, I love it out here. I would never, <laughs> I don't think I would ever come back to Ontario. <laughs> of course. Gosh, no, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, so that's the perfect segue. So let's chat about your, your dogs. So you mentioned you have four. So do tell us yeah. about, um, you know, just kind of paint a picture for us, like their names, ages, what it'll look like, what are their favorite yeah. things? Well, I'll try to keep it kind of as brief as I can because I could go on for days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll start with, I'll go oldest to youngest. We'll, we'll try to do it that way. Love it. Um, CJ, uh, like I said, is my partner's dog. He got her from the Whistler SPCA. Gosh, she's 14 now. So he got her 13 years ago when she was around one. Wow. You never really know. You take him to the vet. They kind of say, yeah, she looks probably right. one-ish. Give or take. So uh, he got her from the Whistler SPCA. Um, doesn't know much about her backstory um, uh, other than she was super shy of everybody, him included. And um, when I first met him and he brought her over to my house, like she wouldn't even come near me. Like she looked Aww. at me from the truck, turned her head away. And I, you know, it was me all excited. Oh, dog. Oh, I love dog. And I go to pet her and she just totally like, nope. Nope. <laughs> thanks, but <laughs> like, no thanks. So, so standoffish. And I thought, wow, like what an interesting dog. She's, um, she looks like a husky. Like she's got the husky kind of coat, mm-hmm. but she's like blonde. Okay. Like, blonde sort of golden color like she's so beautiful I always say she's Marilyn Monroe reincarnated because she's just the most beautiful dog yeah. <laughs> in the world I- <laughs> and um and we quickly we quickly grew a really close bond um he was working a wick up north in the oil patch for several months at a time and so when we moved here it was just her and I mm. so we spent lots of time just together exploring the island and getting to know it here and um yeah she's she's like my dog now I mean we've been together for seven eight years eight years so she's always with me yeah Um, well that's so that's so great to hear that you were able to develop this bond with her you know that you you, like gained her her trust and she warmed up to you after that first meeting once you have it once you have it with a dog like that it's just so special because she just in a way like just doesn't give it away to anybody you know she was really kind of reserved and nervous especially around men Mm -hmm. in particular like if you were a man like when she was younger you couldn't really touch her like she would get really scared I don't know what happened to her but but she grew really close to me um so it's kind of cool to have such a close bond with her and she's just an amazing dog (laughs) like I'll never be another dog like her she's so cool (laughs) yeah um yeah, so she's she's pretty old now, but she's still doing well. Um, she still likes to come with us everywhere. She has her bad days, and she's a little arthritic and, and that, but she's still happy, and her spirits are bright. So until she says otherwise, you know, we'll keep doing yeah. what we're doing with her. Yeah, of course. So. Well, that's that's amazing. You know, so um, I have uh, two dogs too, and my oldest one is she just turned sixteen in April. Um, wow. Yeah. So the the same kind of thing, right? Like, um, senior pups are still pups, and you still still love them, and you still make uh, you you have to make some adjustments for sure. You know, they they require a little bit of a different care, but they're still a member of the family. You know, you just you make those adjustments and you keep going. Right. And that's kind of sounds like what you guys are, are doing as well. Yeah. I mean, that dog has traveled 
all over North America. My, my partner um, was a sponsored wakeboarder for some time. And so he was traveling around in the States. She went everywhere with him. No leash, no collar ever. Like she's just a legend. Like all around, <laughs> people know her all around North America. They're like, oh, CJ, like she was always there. You know, so yeah, she's, she's traveled probably most than, I mean, more than, you know, most people, I think. Oh, that's, so, <laughs> so she, that's so cool. She's a very cool life. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah, we moved here, like I said, and um, I said, I want another dog. She needs a buddy. Uh, so we went to the Victoria SPCA mm-hmm. and had a look at a couple of dogs and uh, saw Charlie is his name. And he, I think they had just seized like over a hundred dogs from a puppy mill at the time in Vancouver. So they were um, re, re um, kind of homing or, or sorry, not rehoming, but relocating dogs between SPCAs. So he mm-hmm. had just got there. Uh, and we looked at another little puppy. It was a black lab, like little puppy. He was only like two months old. And we took him into that, you know, that gym area. I don't know if you've adopted before, yeah. but they kind of let you go to the gym. Puppy was very cute, very puppy, like jumping all over you. And, you know, we thought, okay. And then I saw Charlie and he just looked, I mean, your quintessential kennel dog like he was hiding in the back and just head low didn't look at us and I said I want to look at that one (laughs) (laughs) so we took him into the gym and you know we asked about him and they said we don't really have any information he was seized among some other dogs Mm -hmm. from a reserve we don't think he's ever been inside um he was very skinny he had lots of cuts all over his face they said that he probably was scrapping for food and stuff like that so it was just from other dogs yeah so we took him into the gym and he wanted nothing to do with us. He sniffed the perimeter, peed all over everything. And I was like, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he was so funny. So we took him home that day. We let him meet CJ and, and we put them in the back of the truck together and took them home. And I has, I still have the picture. She has her paw like over his in the back of the car. And he was just, you know, when they're in, the, they're in that state of kind of either frozen or kind of learned helplessness mm-hmm. a little bit where they just don't make sound. Yeah. You know, he was so, so quiet. Like he just didn't make a peep. We got him home and he just didn't know what anything was. He wasn't house trained, but he was just so just quietly watched everything, you know? Right. So we spent time with him and we got him neutered and then it was just so cool to watch him come out of his shell. Mm. You know, I took him on his first hike and he was just skin and bones. Like he just didn't have any muscle. His coat was mangy. He looked pretty terrible. And I took him on his first hike up a a mountain here. And it was just, I took with my friends and I just remember almost like crying with him at the time. He was just so happy and he started to kind of wag his little, his his back of his head off, but we call it his nubbin. And I remember the first time I came home and I opened the door and he started like wagging his little not like he knew me yeah and it just it makes your heart melt right when you start to watch them open up and you start to see their personality come through and they start to trust you and yeah. they start to you get them on a schedule and they're excited about that they're excited about their food and their walks and and everything so for sure he's just a I love him he comes on all my girls trips he's allowed <laughs> <laughs> yeah girls can't be trips. Charlie's the only boy allowed so <laughs> I love to like the stories you hear um, and you know something that I've kind of discovered through this podcast as well when people are you know whether they're adopting rescuing a dog or getting it from like some other 
uh, a breeder or whatever. But the first time that you meet a dog, you kind of know, even if it's not necessarily like they have a connection back to you. Like in your case, you know, Charlie was a little bit shy, but like you knew that he was going to be your dog immediately, right? And I think it's mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's something that's like pretty common is that like when you see that dog, you know, they're going to be a part of your life is I just find that so interesting yeah I couldn't I can't really explain it my boyfriend wasn't really on the same page he was kind of like indifferent he was like yeah he's cute but like you know if you want him and I was like I'm not leaving actually here without him (laughs) 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 with me like he was just in really rough shape and I thought you know that puppy we saw earlier he'll get adopted no problem he's like a little puppy and Charlie was about one they said right but um, yeah, so he's just the best. He's six now. Nice. Yeah, so he uh, he's chilling. He loves his life. He loves a good life. So, of course. Uh, and then, gosh, who was next? So we had these two dogs, and then um, and I'll send you the link maybe to their uh, their social pages. But yeah, for sure. Uh, Max, Max, yeah, Max, my partner, um, had been following a an account called Compassion for Canines. Okay. And uh, they're out of Vancouver, BC, and it's a small group of people. And they actually go down to um, Yulin, China, where the dog meat festivals are. And they try to get them shut down and they take back as many dogs as they can. I I believe there is a limit to how many dogs per person you can actually bring back to your country. Um, So he said, Sash, there's this really cool husky my friend, like, you know, my friends over at Compassion for Canine, like, he just needs a foster family. He's out in Kelowna. I'm going to go pick him up. Can we foster him? And I, I'm like, sure. Why not? <laughs> we have a big fenced in backyard and we have lots of space. So I said, yeah, we could foster, we could foster a dog. Yeah. Like, why not? You know, our other two are pretty chill. And so he brings home this, this little, this little husky. And I mean, this thing is a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, I love him. He's come a long way, but like, holy, did he ever put us through the ringer, this, this dog, his name's Ringo. Um, I mean, typical Husky. We didn't know what we were in for. Husky people know. They're like, oh yeah, they're, they're crazy. Like he's just, we call him a little Houdini. He's escaped more times than I can count on two hands. Like just out of the yard, climbing, climbed a fence, took, taken off on hikes. Yep. There's, there's a, a little, um, group of people here that run, I don't know if they have it on Ontario, um, Rome, and it stands for like reuniting owners with animals missing. I don't think I've heard of that, but I feel like they're like or, not that. The other one is, the other one's fled, finding lost and escaped dogs yeah. and their Facebook groups. Yeah. yeah. So w- one afternoon, Ringo had taken off when we were hiking and we drove around forever asking people, knocking on doors, couldn't find him. Eventually, um, I took all the other dogs to a, a little dog park that we normally go to. And a woman was like, oh, where's Ringo? Like, you know, where he's, where is he? And I said, oh, he like took off on a hike and my boyfriend's out looking for him right now. And she, she goes, oh, have you checked the FLED Facebook page? I said, what's that? And she goes, oh, explains it to me. I pull up my phone, I get on Facebook and there's his face, <laughs> little Ringo's face. And I'm like, oh, that's him. And she, somebody stopped <laughs> hysterical so I call them and then I call Max and we link so this has happened like several times with this husky like we've never had another dog run away before but he's just like 
a total crazy flight risk, like endless amounts of energy, like a ping pong ball on crack, I call him. Yeah. And with huskies too, like they're, they're so clever, right? So they're pretty crafty. So like it's, it's it's brains and energy put together and they're just like unstoppable. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I always say he makes Charlie look like he was dropped on his head as a child. (laughs) (laughs) He's smart as a whip. Like the energy is unbelievable. It's a little better now. I think he's three now. I I don't even know. He's still pretty young, but calming down a little bit. I mean, luckily my boyfriend is kind of like husky version of a guy. Like he has nonstop energy. He's up at like five 30 in the morning doing stuff, can't stop moving. So he bikes with him every morning and every night. So it takes him on the bike and they go running around the neighborhood. He loves it. Yeah. So <laughs> he gets lots of exercise <laughs> uh, and he's super fun and, and just quirky and crazy and makes me laugh all the time. So nice. And how is, um, do you find that like having younger dog around CJ, has that kind of helped her um, kind of maintain her usefulness a little bit, would you say? I think so, like big time. Yeah, because, you know, when they get old, they can get kind of complacent and they just are happy to sleep, mm-hmm. you know, all day. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I definitely think they, they, they gave her the gears for sure. I mean, she's so alpha, like all she has to do is lift a little lip and show a little teeth and they don't go near her. Right. Yeah. She's just got this bubble of like alpha, calm, Zen. Don't mess with me. Yep. <laughs> I'm the alpha dog, even though, you know, if they wanted to, like she's, she couldn't do anything physically anymore. She's too old, but she still has this like energy it's it's pretty wild to see for sure yeah no I I love that because so when we rescued Lucia who's like my younger dog now she's not she's quite a bit younger than Sana she so Sana is 16 and Lucia is um she's almost 10 but I was really worried because I was like you know Sana is older like is she gonna think that like I'm trying to replace her like is she gonna be you know offended um but no she was like kind of like annoyed definitely but it also brought out like more youthfulness in her like they kind of get you know she started to get a little bit craftier she started to get like in trouble a little bit more often but like not in a bad way you know just like kind of you know doing her little thing so it's it's really cool to see like the older dogs come out of their shell a little bit and find a little bit more joy in life when they're paired with a younger pup right Oh, I think so for sure. I think it's so good for them. It just keeps them on their toes a little bit and and keeps them a little more alert. Like I love an old and young dog combination. I think it's so great. Yeah. And they learn so much. I mean, they've each taught the next one, you know, how to kind of fall in line. Like, you know, she, she kind of keeps them in line in the house, keeps the pecking order, you know, keeps everything sane. And we just think like, thank God for her because, you know, they just, it's like she's just the mama bear yeah you know yeah so it's it's cool to watch them interact with her and and her just kind of like grumpily sort of boss them around and stuff yep (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I think for sure it keeps her young so amazing yeah and then yeah I mean we were fostering him and everyone kept saying like okay so like are you keeping him are you keeping him because months kept going by and and Max just had this really intense connection with this dog and like they just got on like you know like I said their energy levels are so high that he's just like this is this is the kind of dog I want like I want a dog that goes with me everywhere and can do all these things and wants to be with me all the time and they were just like attached to the hip so that was that he wasn't going anywhere yep so you guys foster fail (laughs) yeah first foster fail Ringo the husky 
Nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so the most recent and youngest one, Frank, a bit of a, a weird situation. He was rescued uh, from North Island with, from an old coworker of Max's. Um, he was in a really bad uh, living situation um, where they kind of found him like emaciated, mm. no food or water, left outside in like freezing cold temperatures. So he was seized. And then uh, the guy that rescued him was in a really bad car accident and had pretty terrible head trauma and was hospitalized. So he just could not care for this dog right. and called Max. <laughs> People call us when they have dogs <laughs> they need to offload now. And uh, yeah, he went and got him that night, brought him home and like, yeah, this dog was in bad shape. He was <clears throat> so skinny, yeah. like just like bones every, like he just was skin and bone oh, gosh. and just weak and like did not look good. Like it was awful. Like I just bawled my eyes out when he came home because I just thought like, how could, you know, people do this to like a sweet and innocent dog. And yeah, even the, the people that run Rome and fled mm -hmm. those Facebook organizations I was talking about, they like, cause I've been in contact with them and they said that there are dog fighting rings on the Island Mm -hmm. And sometimes like stolen or dogs even get raised to be in these dog fighting rings. And Frank is like a, a Staffordshire, like pit bull. Right. Um, so with the bully breeds, right. You just, who knows what he was doing there, what they were going to do to him with him. Like, it's just, I, I just, it's so, <laughs> it's so cruel. Like, you know, as you were saying, it's, it's hard to imagine how anybody could could do something like that to a dog right like especially for somebody who's a who's a dog lover like it's impossible to wrap your head around it I, I yeah <laughs> impossible like impossible and I you know I'm so grateful that we have these dogs but at the same time I always think about especially in the winter time how many others are out there and just left out there and mm -hmm. it breaks your heart mm -hmm. definitely so Frank came to us and uh yeah, we got him to the vet right away. They dewormed. They gave him all his shots. And the vet said he's about 15 pounds underweight for his oh age. My gosh. Like he was really skinny. Yeah, he was really skinny. And um, but other than that, like not in bad, not in bad shape. I think he was just neglected. I don't think he had been really abused or anything like that. And I mean, he is just the snuggliest, <laughs> like 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 total stereotypical pity. I've always wanted a pit bull. I, I just, I think they're amazing dogs. And he is like, will put his head right on your chest and his, have his arms around you and fall asleep and just Aww. snore like a pig. Like he's so, he's so sweet and affectionate and like just a puddle. Like I just call him a little meatball. Like he's just so cute. Um, so yeah, we got all of his, his health stuff taken care of and then kind of quietly, we're putting out feelers and we had a couple people that were interested, but it just didn't work out right. because either their dog didn't get along or their living situation. There's a lot of um, buildings here that don't allow dogs. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's really, it's really tough to have a dog if you're renting anywhere here because oh, yeah. they just, like Strata just doesn't allow pets. It's terrible. Um, so again, time went on and, you know, you just have to be so careful too with these bully breeds, yeah. right? Because if you end up in you know, even the most well-intentioned hands, right? Um, if anything happens with a dog like this, that's a dead dog. Yes. Yeah. So um, I've been really careful with his training. He's very food driven. So it makes it very easy to train him. Yeah. <laughs> he's always, whereas the other dogs aren't so much, but he is super, uh, yeah, super food driven. So 
I've been very careful. I've been doing a lot of research on my own as well, just with like keeping, making sure like he's calm and, you know, he doesn't get too excited or nippy or anything like that and mm -hmm. making sure, cause he's so intense. Like he really likes a job. So it's, it's really fun watching him come along as well. And again, like the same deal, he totally came out of his shell. Like it's so playful and goofy and ridiculous. And that is literally why I started the, the Instagram account just for the dogs. Cause I was like, I am putting way too much dog content on my personal page. People are probably like, you are nuts. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm just going to create a separate, um, separate sort of community here where, you know, people will understand and, and appreciate. So I can dump all my content on there yeah. for dogs because I'm constantly filming them. Cause I mean, you can imagine the three, the, the four of them are just, they're ridiculous. Yeah. Like, they're doing something funny and they all, they have such different personalities. It's just so fun and they all get along and they play and they love each other. So yeah. Uh, and I will, it's so great. I don't know. It's crazy. People come over and they're like, there are four dogs. Oh my God. Are you nuts? And I'm like, it was an accident, but like, I love them. <laughs> well, I never, you know, I never think that like those kinds of things are accidents. They were, they were supposed to be with you. You were supposed to have this many, maybe you're supposed to have more. You don't know yet. Right. <laughs> Maybe, you know, like I said, you know, hopefully we'll have, we'll get our, our little dream farm going and, and we'll have tons and tons of space for them to run and have amazing lives. And who knows, maybe even, I would like to foster, like mm. actually foster and like actually adopt the dog out eventually, not just keep them all. Yep. <laughs> Although I so, imagine that'll be, that'll be challenging. I don't know how people do it. Like, oh, I mean. It would be really hard. I couldn't imagine letting any of them go now. Yeah, I feel you though. I it's definitely something that I would like to do in the future too, is foster. Um, but also again, you know, right now I live in Toronto in a small condo apartment, so definitely need a little bit more space um, to kind of just be fair to these dogs too. But definitely fostering would be be such a dream, you know, because then I feel like you have the opportunity to like positively impact more of these dogs lives and then make sure they, they good, go to a good home whereas like if you adopt the dogs and you keep them like you don't want to also get in a situation where you're like hoarding dogs and you have you know a hundred sure. <laughs> yeah and you're like out of your depths in terms you know financially mm -hmm. or or you know anything else like that but I just think it, it really is a chance to show people that you know, dogs that come from these circumstances aren't bad dogs and they're trainable and they're, you know, they're, they're just as amazing as a purebred Labrador retriever you get that you're sitting on an eight month waiting list for. Like, yeah. you know, I, I think there's such a stigma with, um, rescue dogs and, and, um, that they come with this baggage and certainly that can be absolutely true. I mean, we haven't, experienced a dog that's come from any sort of well I don't know about Ringo right I mean he came from mm -hmm. you and a dog meat market who who knows what that dog has seen probably horrific things um yeah but yeah people have this notion that that rescue dogs are you know come with a bunch of baggage and can't be trained and are going to be aggressive or dangerous or and it's just so it's so not true it's so not true of anything I think they are m like more amazing than yeah <laughs> Then a pure, I mean, I shouldn't say that every dog is, is great in their own way, but I think we appreciate it more. I don't like to anthropomorphize animals too much, but it's like they just love you even more because they've been on the other side. 
for sure yeah and I understand what you're saying and I think like I was reading too that dogs they don't have memory the same way that people have memory they have like associative memory so essentially like they you know associate like for example your smell with you know good things like when they smell you come through the door they know there's going to be cuddle time there's going to be like happy things that make them happy right so they don't but they don't necessarily remember like the bad things that happen to them and I think this is why um dogs have such an amazing ability to kind of put their you know with correct training and love and care put those bad experiences behind them and sort of move on and be able to live like happy full giving lives because they're not holding on to that like really negative memory if that makes sense yeah. And you really nailed it there. And it's the same with horses, like dogs, they don't hold grudges. Mm-hmm. They don't, I mean, we project these human traits onto animals a lot. I think more than people even realize that they do. They're not being naughty. They're not, you know, they're either scared or like you said, they associate something with something that's um, unpleasant or, mm-hmm. um, you know, scary or confusing. Yeah. Um, you know, or traumatic, like there's always a reason behind a behavior. Dogs just not, you know, being naughty for no reason. If they're chewing up everything in your house, it's because they're bored and full of energy. Yeah. I mean, they're not being naughty. They're not trying to, you know, if they're, or if they're marking around the house, like, you know, there's all of these things that they do that are a result of, you know, an emotion or a feeling like it's, yeah it's important that people educate themselves because you can't just say dogs being naughty. Like that's, it's just not. Yeah. Well, well, and I love that you're saying that, right? Like educating yourself, like knowing kind of what you're, you're getting into and being responsible. You know, even when you talked about your um, young, your newest dog with being um, a pity mix, you want to be sure that if, you know, you didn't, he ended up staying with you, which is great. But, you know, you talked about how you wanted to make sure that if somebody were to take him, it would be a responsible person who knew how to handle that and make sure that, you know, he was safe. Um, and it's so important, I think, because sometimes people just kind of like get dogs because it's a, you know, cute dog or whatever. And they have no idea kind of or don't do the research and how to like train them or make sure that they're getting the best that they need, you know, like again, with um, the Husky, like you ha- they have a lot of energy. So you're so lucky, you know, your fiance can take, can take him for these runs. Right. But like you have, this is, this is responsible dog ownership. Like you can't just get a dog because it's COVID and you're bored. This is a lifetime commitment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you know, what you mentioned there, but like doing your research and especially on the breed too. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of like, I call most of our dogs purebed mutts when people ask what they are. <laughs> but I, 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 do, I do certainly believe that a lot of breeds out there, like we're bred to do certain jobs yeah. as well. Um, like anything from, you know, a German shepherd to um, like a, like a terrier type. Yeah. Right. That are, like some dogs are used for hunting. Some dogs are used for like sort of protective surveillance, you know, those kinds of things. So like trying to, maybe do a little bit of research if you let's say you love you know you love german shepherds but you live in a condo and you never walk you know just being really diligent about your lifestyle and 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 a a type of breed of dog because it's so important to to know what they need in order to live like fulfilled lives and that doesn't necessarily mean going for a walk every day i know people who have like little 
kind of Boston Terrier types or smaller dogs and they hate going outside. Yeah. Like they don't even want to go for a walk. They have to like, like my girlfriend's got this little adorable rescue. It's like a chihuahua and hates going outside. Yeah. Like it just, you know, she has to like have treats to get it outside to take it for a pee or poop or whatever, which is just so funny because like my dogs are like crawling yeah. at the door they love yeah. their outside time, you know, and they're outside most of the time in the summer. We have like a dog run and everything. They can just be outside all day when we're not home. So it's perfect. Yeah. But just knowing that, right, going into it, not like you said, I think a lot of people got COVID puppies and COVID pets and it's really sad. They're going to, a lot of them are going to have to be rehomed, I'm sure, when, when things get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think that's really important. Just like, you know, responsible dog ownership and also remembering that like at the end of the day it's just not it's not just about you like yes you want a dog and it's nice to have a dog but you have to understand what dog is going to fit like your lifestyle and what you're able to give to that dog right so I think that's that's such a key message so thank you for for bringing that up it's kind of and it's it's hard to talk about right because you don't want to like sit in front of somebody and say like have you really thought about this like do you know yeah (laughs) No, of course, right? Once it's done, it's done. But um, yeah, you just have to hope people know what they're getting into. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you want to maybe briefly just touch? So you kind of, you know, told us you painted a really beautiful picture of your pack and kind of told us what the origin story was. Do you want to maybe just briefly also tell us like what makes those dogs your your heroes? Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to start. I mean, <laughs> like there have been you know, I think everybody deals with, with, um, some level, right. Especially right now, like anxiety, Mm. possibly a little bit of depression. I know I've, I've certainly gotten into some pretty dark places in the last few years for various reasons, but just them getting you out of bed Mm -hmm. and getting you outside on days where you could just hide all day. I mean, and they're just there for you. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes when you don't want them to be, <laughs> and then they get you outside and you never, ever, ever regret going on a walk with your dog. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like there's been times where I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm exhausted. It's after work. I'm so tired. But I'm like, I ha- you have to do it, right? You have to get yeah. them out. And then I end up going on a, just a random walk anywhere. Like the, like I said, the ocean's quite close here and there's beautiful forests to walk around in and I'll just end up you know, finding myself in the forest and just breathing. And it, it has made my life so much better. Mm-hmm. And just in terms of my, my physical health, my mental health, mm-hmm. I mean, they make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Like it's just this unconditional luck, right? It's, I, I mean, I'll never not have dogs. Yeah. <laughs> they're both, so, they're both, you're know, both, all four of them yeah. are so special in their own way. And, and, you know, when our friends come over, they just, usually one of our friends has a favorite that they like (laughs) oh my favorite's Ringo or like oh Frank I would take you home in a heartbeat or like you know CJ has like I said so many friends literally all all over the all over the yeah she's she's famous she's pretty famous yeah (laughs) so yeah I think just in terms of I, I don't know what kind of person I would be without them right yeah right you know to like with all your dogs you know um CJ, um, Charlie, Ringo, Frank, they're also, I know it's kind of, 
<laughs> it's um uh putting in the, uh, kind of a human emotion on them but they're so resilient right like they've come you know oh. you, you talked about like what they've come from and how they're such happy like lucky dogs now and they're not letting those bad things that happen to them hold them back in life and I think like yeah. that's something that we can er- all learn a little bit from yeah I mean yeah that's exactly it like it who knows what these dogs have seen in their, in their past, right? Like just horrible neglect. I don't know, maybe some abuse. I'm not sure. I have truly no clue what Ringo, what his situation growing up mm-hmm. would have been. I, I can't imagine is anything less than horrifying. I don't know if you know much about what goes on at those festivals, but it is truly like yeah. hell. Um, so I, like my hats off to, to uh, Compassion for Canines for doing what they do and all other organizations who go, who go out and rescue dogs and spend their hard-earned money to, to try and save these animals. It's, I mean, it's, once you start, right? Yeah. You can't, <laughs> it's like, it, it's just in your heart forever. So um, yeah, yeah I, I have so much respect and, for these for these companies and everybody, anybody who's, who's rescued a dog, right? It, yeah. I just think it should be, I think anybody who breeds animals should be licensed. Yep. It's crazy to me that anybody can just get two animals and breed them and, and charge wax of money for them and uh, puppy milk, you know, the, the, all the rest of it. It's crazy to me. Yeah. You should, you should have to be licensed and it should be regulated. Is that, is that too much to ask? Like, I don't think so. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with you. And then I think like on, on the other side of that, while like until that happens, people also have to take responsibility and do so much research and due diligence that if you, you know, if you are getting a dog from a breeder, you have to know like if that, that they are licensed, like you have to be able to go see the puppies. You have like, you you just do your research, you know, because, um, especially now too, I think with how many people have gotten dogs in COVID, you know, the prices for puppies have skyrocketed, but I also think that there was a lot of, um, kind of questionable breeding practices also that emerged even more so now. Um, and so, yeah, definitely like, look into adopting and especially you know like from other places as well like China or even you know um Lucia my dog is from Belarus there's so many stray dogs there wow. like yeah there's yeah California Mexico like lots of dogs coming up from there yeah all over the world it's it's pretty wild I mean, where you can where you can get a dog from now right yeah. these organizations that come over and I mean and they're great dogs. Like, you know, they're great dogs. All it takes is a little bit of education and training and, and, and routine and love. For sure. I don't know. It's, it's awful to me that people are still so scared of, of um, you know, rescue animals. Yeah. Because I think they're the best. Well, do you- <laughs> I'm biased. I'm totally, totally biased. <laughs> do you want to, um, I usually do this at the end, but do you want to share your dog's um, Instagram now just so people can kind of go and follow their journey and see how amazing these rescue dogs that you have are? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, I created one. It's it's fairly new. It's called, um, called Foster Failed. <laughs> um, just at Foster Failed. Um, and then, yeah, I think... Uh, compassion for canines too is is on instagram mm-hmm. i think it's just compassion for canines you can find them but yeah i i take pictures and videos and of all their crazy shenanigans because they are just they just make me laugh all day they're so they're so bright and, and awesome and 
Yeah, I love them all and in their own way, truly. <laughs> awesome. And I'll be sure um, I'll be sure to tag you um, and Compassion for Canines in the post that I do kind of promoting this episode just so that people can easily go and uh, and find you. Yeah. Aw. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, this is so great. I just well, I love gushing about my dogs. I mean, I think any dog owner would. They'd be happy to come on here and, and talk all day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> They're animals, right? We're all we're all crazy animal people. So yeah, for sure. Um, so this kind of brings me to, um, I have a brief story here about a, a historical kind of hero dog. If you want to, if you want to cool. take a little bit of time to kind of listen to it, I think it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be a good one. Um, and you know, I covered a lot of, uh, like dogs that participated in war action and kind of military stuff which um is great and definitely makes them heroic but I kind of wanted something a little bit uh, a little bit lighter a little bit maybe more um humorous so I found this uh dog and we're going to be talking about him on today's episode and so this dog's not just an important uh historical dog but he's actually a very important political figure um so today we're going to be talking uh, about bosco ramos and he was the mayor of sonal i hope i'm pronouncing that right california uh and it's a very small town with a population of just about a thousand people and not very many visitors um and so bosco was mayor of this magical place from 1981 to 1994 um and yeah so i'm i'm really excited to tell you about him i think you're gonna you're gonna like it so just before we dive into it, I wanted to mention some of the sources that I used, uh, and it's just uh, localnewsmatters.org, thebark.org, and sfgate.com. Um, and interesting, you know, you mentioned too that there's uh, quite a few um, dogs coming in from California as rescue dogs as well, um, and um, hopefully, you know, Bosco didn't contribute too much to to the rescue dogs, but he was definitely prolific in creating some some offspring. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. I like how you put that. <laughs> we'll get uh, we'll get to that. So, Bosco, um, I couldn't find the exact date of his birth, but I can tell you that he was a black lab Rottweiler mix, um, and so he was a real shiny boy, and he had a very beautiful like sleek coat. Um, and his favorite thing to do was hang out uh, in front of a local bar and he kind of mooched treats from friends and, and visitors. So he was um, kind of a, I guess maybe in a way kind of like CJ, just sort of famous, like he just kind of ran the town. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, too funny. Um, so if also if the bar patrons were too too drunk, uh, Bosco was known to accompany each um, on a sobering stroll along the railroad tracks. Um, so he was really just a dog of the people taking care of them, making sure, you know, they made it home safe. Um, and so this is like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is probably why when the town held an informal election in 1981. So um, just a little caveat there that, you know, it was informal, but whatever, we just like ignore that part and pretend it was for real. Cause it's too, too awesome. Um, so Bosco Ramos ran against two human candidates uh, for the uh, you know post of the mayor, and he beat both of them by a landslide. He received seventy five of the hundred and twenty five votes. <laughs> this is for real. Yep, <laughs> it's a real story. He became America's first dog mayor. <laughs> what? Yep. 
it's yeah, it's yeah, it's a real thing. And he led the hell uh, the annual Halloween parade, and he could often be seen at Sunol events and social gatherings uh, in his formal tuxedo. Wow, maybe they need a dog president. <laughs> I would, yeah, I mean, I think that would be a good idea. Um. So the dog mayor saw Sunal through uh, a big fire that happened in December of 1987. Um, so basically what happened was downtown was essentially incinerated. Um, and the 125-year-old Lions Brewery and other buildings, you know, were destroyed, which is pretty sad. And as firefighters fought the blaze, Bosco set out on fr- in the front on his rug. Um, and he looked very sad, according to most witnesses. Because it was his town, you know. Uh, Between official functions, uh, he had free run of the town. uh, And apparently had a plan to increase his constituency. (laughs) Um, Because he is the father of a lot of black puppies around Sunol. (laughs) This uh, This was back in the, you know, 80s, early 90s, though. But I'm pretty sure that his lineage probably continued through through some of these some of these dogs. I was to get the mayor neutered. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's another thing like responsible dog ownership also involves you know that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is interesting, but Bosco's political fame uh, actually reached international heights in 1989. Um, there was the People's Daily, which was a Chinese communist newspaper. They caught wind of the fact that, you know, Dog was mayor in California and used it as a point of contention. Uh, basically, they said that it was evidence of what a failure democracy is when a dog can lead the people. Which, if you ask me, I feel like that is an example of why democracy is not a failure. <laughs> because... I mean, kind of. People's people voted. If people listen, if people want to be led by a dog, which you know, you just said it. Let's have dog for president. I feel like they would probably make better, better choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And so this was around. Uh, so this whole situation with the you know with the newspaper, um, it was around the time of the Tiananmen Square fiasco in China. So if you remember the picture of the tank man, um look him up if you if you don't and then uh so yeah in response to this uh there was a 30-hour uh pro-democracy rally that was holding held in san francisco and bosco the mayor dog was naturally invited um and his presence at the rally was highly publicized despite the communists (laughs) oh my goodness i have to look this dog up now i want to know more yeah yeah you totally should so bosco ramos yeah he's um he's also like super cute um so anyway, Bosco was very dedicated to his role as mayor of Sunol and did not leave his post until death knocked on his door. So, um, you know, unfortunately, dogs don't live forever, no matter how much we want them to. So in 1994, Bosco um, succumbed to his old age and he passed away. Um, we're not entirely sure how old he was, but probably around 14 15 something like that i lived a long life anyhow yeah um and you know you you have to imagine that with the stress of being in politics you know affects affects one's health oh yeah it's gotta shave some years off the life (laughs) um so fortunately bosco's legacy lives on not only through his genetic lineage and his offspring but also in the hearts of the people of sunol 
Uh, so a local businessman named Mike Kearney, or Cerny, I'm not sure, um, copyrighted and opened Bosco's Bones and Brew in 1999 in, uh, in homage to the canine civil servant. Um, the brew pub was then shut down in 2003, but it reopened under new uh, ownership in 2004. And from what I could tell, it's still in operation. Maybe it was closed down due to COVID for a bit, but I think it's like still a thing. Um, and it's dog friendly. Oh, right on. So you could go get a beer and nachos and whatever and bring your dog along, which I think is really cool. And uh, on December 19th of 2008, a nostalgic ceremony was held where a bronze statue of Bosco's likeness um, made by the sculptor Lena Tortich, or Torich, sorry, was unveiled in front of the town's post office. And it seemed that nearly everyone in the crowd had a memory of the good boy. Um, and just to finish up here, Bosco is remembered as nonpartisan, unafraid to get in tug of war with residents on hard issues, and never one to show his belly, even if it, even if it affected his approval ratings. And in dire straits, Bosco Ramos showed us how to unite a town. And I think the big dogs could stand to learn a thing or two from him. Aw. <laughs> that is such a sweet story. Like, who would have ever thought yes. they would allow a dog to be mayor? Yep. So this was um, a pretty short, pretty sweet story. But yeah, definitely. So it, he was an informal mayor because the election was informal. The town's so small. I don't even think they can have a mayor, a thousand people. Well, that was my next question. I mean, how did they logistically, like, who would be doing the real mayoral duties? <laughs> yeah or maybe he was just pointing out that you know the mayor wasn't really doing a whole heck of a lot which could be could be true yeah but i think yeah it's a super small town like i said a thousand people so it was pretty an informal thing but i just thought it was yeah hilarious and uh more of a mess thought than anything maybe yeah so good so good but i don't know man i think there's something to be said for you know dog mayors i feel like we have uh good times <laughs> Well, it's certainly something more positive in the news than what, you know, we're typically used to nowadays. Doom and gloom. Yep, exactly. Like to see more dogs in the news. <laughs> yep, for sure. Yeah. I think, well, I, I, I love that idea, actually. Maybe this should be, like, mandatory. You have to highlight um, rescue dogs as, like, in yeah. every uh, news hour that you yeah, do. Uh, for, for every three stories, there has to be a story about an animal rescued. Yes, exactly <laughs> oh, maybe we struck on something here masha maybe we <laughs> curated kind of news slash animal rescue stories intertwined so that you know you don't get too depressed while you're reading the the daily yes the daily news yes let's let's pitch it i think it's a, it's a really into it. <laughs> brilliant idea all right. Um, so just to wrap up here again, uh, please follow us on Instagram at Masha dot and the dogs. And I'm going to um, just post some pictures of Sasha's beautiful four pups and um, tag them <laughs> so that um, you can follow their journey. Um, and I just also wanted to do a quick shout out to um, Sydney, who is the reason this podcast exists because she edits it. So thank you so much, Sydney, for all your work making this podcast podcast a reality and helping us spread the dog about the dog the word <laughs> dog about the word <laughs> yes um and just also um 
a shameless plug here for my uh, lovely fiance's podcast called Photography Brothers. They talk about photography and they cover really cool, um, also historical stories like they talked about Memento Mori and all that kind of cool stuff. So check them out as well if you have a moment. Um, so thank you, Sasha, so much for um, making the time and coming and talking about your dogs and your journey and kind of just increasing a little bit of awareness about how rescuing is such a rewarding and beautiful experience and hopefully you'll be able to uh fulfill your dream and foster some more pups in the near future Aww. yeah well thank you so much for having me this has been super fun and a great start to my long weekend so thank you <laughs> awesome all right okay so i am masha and uh that's it now go cuddle your dog until next time